Hey guys, welcome back to the WBF podcast. I'm here with the Danny Kid. Danny, how are you doing? Doing great. Um, you know, you're one of the people at church I see as like a spiritual mentor. You're an elder at our church and you've been coming here for a long time and you kind of started coming whenever I was younger and we kind of have known each other without really knowing each other for quite a few years. And then you start this life group and I shouted you out on a previous podcast with Jody about how open and honest you guys were with making a list for you guys, spiritual goals, physical goals. And me and her began to make one on the podcast. So I just want to say thank you for coming on and just tell you how much uh, it means to me that you're here with me. Cool. Happy to do it, man. So how many years have you been coming to Face Center now? Well, um, Probably the first time we walked through the doors at Faith Center was in 2009. And uh, there's probably 2008 building up to it. But uh, we was at a Thanksgiving dinner one year. Our kids were, I don't know, three, four. Mercedes might have been eight, something like that in that range and we were at a thanksgiving dinner and uh they was saying grace at the table and my kids didn't know what to do you know Mm. like there was no they wasn't taking a certain you know posture what we would you know have a picture in our mind of praying bound your head nothing like that Mm -hmm. and uh, was this at the church the dinner or no it was that family Okay. Yeah, it was that family. We we didn't have them in church. Mm-hmm. It's always been a, a before that time. It it wasn't a great conversation for me and Christy to have mm-hmm. because we were so different, mm-hmm. differently raised. Um, then we more than likely, you know, up to that point in our life, just avoided the conversation because we would end up in an argument or something. Mm-hmm. So she was more on the wanting to go to church side and you were more against it at that in that season or how was that? I don't know if that was so much it. She probably definitely leaned more that way. She's I joke and say she got saved right after she was born. But <laughs> you know, she's had an understanding from a young age. Yeah. Um about being saved and you know, and the work of the cross where for me, it was different. Yeah, we knew some about it, but the the act of, you know, salvation was 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 not all there was in the church I was brought up in. It gotcha. Was, it was plus plus. Um. So, I was raised with you know good morals and stuff like that, but we found ourselves at that Thanksgiving dinner, and my kids didn't know what to do. So you have this realization, I got to get my kids into church. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely. What was it like? Dead. What was that so mindset for, like? For me, it was like I had missed the dad, Mark. Mm. You know, it was like I wasn't nowhere near walking. Like, I mean, I wasn't saved. I was unsaved. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know the Lord. I was, I had ideas about him, but I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> for for me, 
because I didn't know about most other churches and and things besides the one I grew up in, which I wasn't going back to. Um, you know, I was really insecure about who my kids were gonna, what they were gonna hear from somebody. So for me, it was like, all right, even if I don't know where we're going, we're, we got to find. I I would rather be a part of and know what they're going to be learning and know that I'm a part of it than hand it off, you know, right. send them to church somewhere without me. Mm-hmm. And Christy and I both agreed about that. So that's when we started visiting places and looking for somewhere to go. And then you finally stumble into Faith Center. And did it take a season of kind of adjusting to it? Or were you pretty sure early on that it was a church for you? Or Well, like I said, I've never been in any other church, so to speak, in my life besides the Mormon church. That's how I was raised. Okay. And so every church was a different experience for me. Gotcha. Um, not that any of them were bad. It just like when I walked into the other ones, we had visited two or three before Faith Center, and it just was like, eh. Yeah. And Faith Center, just it was just a different, it was just different. And when we walked in there, we came to a service, and Christy and I looked at each other, and I was like, I think I could come back to this. Yeah. So that was kind of our first experience. I was like, I would give it a second chance. Were we in the warehouse still? That was the Carson Center the first time we visited. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I don't know a whole lot about Mormons. I'll be completely honest. What is like a typical service look like? Is it anything I've ever witnessed myself? Is it like you do some worship songs and then you go into the preaching or yeah, it's it's similar to other churches in that way. They'll have music and um, their structure there is a little different as far as leadership and whatnot. There's not, um, which I mean, different Christian churches have different structures and what they call their leaders too. But uh, I mean, it's it's different. It's just the way I, for me it was normal raising up because that's just all I knew. Yeah, you know. But is Mercedes 25, 24? I was all over the place. I knew she was a year or two younger than me. I couldn't quite remember. So Hold on. I just told her fib she's 25. 25 going on 26? Yeah. Yeah, I thought she was about two years younger than me because we we grew up in the same uh, youth once you guys started coming. Um, so you guys come to the Carson Center and you're like, okay, we could, we could try this. And was your heart getting changed along the way? What did that process look like for you? Because you said you weren't saved. Right. So for me, um, going to church, you know, was, like I said, that was, I wanted to be a part of my kids learning. I wanted to know. I just knew that, you know, my kids didn't know anything. And that's kind of on a dad. Mm Mm-hmm. As a leader of a house, it's that's on you. You know, you you totally have that influence, and you know that's how I was raised. You know, a, a dad should step up and and always, you know, especially spiritually. When my kids were young and they, they basically have never prayed before, you know, except maybe at a family dinner, but at, at that one, you know, it just worked on me. So it was. <clears throat> 
we came there and uh we were in our business life my company was probably eight years old at the time we were kind of making transition in from doing residential work into the commercial world and had started to pick up some jobs um doing masonry mm -hmm. yep and and really you know the first few jobs we got we lost money on and uh it was just a bad experience really really bad um should have sunk us mm -hmm. and then it happened you know several times be before but we we were kind of in you know financially not in a great place at all um i also had a you know it's kind of it's so crazy how years can just fly by and you just not even know and realize but whenever you had those kids i remember whenever we had caleb um there have been years where me and jody hadn't been coming to church years for me especially where i wasn't coming and i was raised in church and you know you it's so funny how you can get um just put it to the wayside just kind of forget about it but then you have that realization moment with your kids and you're like I, I remember it vividly whenever caleb was born it was like as soon as he's like big enough for where we feel comfortable taking him out we got to start we got to start going i got to start putting that into him that's that fatherly like just yearning for him to to know what what Jesus looks like, what what church looks like, because there was a long season of us not going. So I totally get where you were in that season. And then for you to start going to church and you're also dealing with all this physical world attacking your businesses, you're, you're losing money on on these big jobs and, and you're starting to feel the financial pressures of that while trying to even know what you believe. I could imagine that would be a lot it was a lot and uh <clears throat> um on top of that you know i had i mean in the before i knew lord i was a part of your man there's there's not many things i was strange to when it come to that i mean i live my life by you know i live by my word and stuff like that I, uh but i had you know, when I'd gotten, I could, I could party for a while, but I could also turn it off, you know, when mm -hmm. I needed to be doing my work or, you know, family stuff or whatever, I could, I could go wide open one way and shut it off. And I'd found my place. I'd found myself in this place about that time where, um, that was the one thing that I came across I couldn't turn off and it was, mm. it was painkillers. And I, I basically had become addicted to them without admitting it. You know, it was just kind of a here and there thing. And before I knew it, you know, so this was on top of several jobs that it went, weren't going great. And, you know, and I, and I got this going on too, unbeknownst to Christy. Hmm. Um, you know, I, that was something I just kind of kept to myself, um, and she didn't know for a while. And so for me at church, you asked how, you know, when we first started coming, we had been going for several months and I remember there was just different things, different moments in worship, 
and the preaching. And it was just like, because when you're, you know, chasing a buzz or addicted to something, you're always thinking like you think like that. How's something making me feel? And I would think to myself, I'd be like, man, that was different. I don't know what was different in there. Mm. So for me, it was like, I started to become convicted by not taking painkillers before I went to church mm. because I wanted to see was our, was something really happening there because that was all mysterious to me. I've never been around that before. And, uh, you know, peace would come. There was different things. And, you know, that was my little baby step of faith that I had. I'd still have them in my pocket mm. and I would take them since church was over. But it was like a litmus test. I was like, all right, what's going to happen this week? You know, and it was kind of how I, how the Lord was working on me. That's so cool that you're coming, you're getting this, like these feelings and inside and you're like, is this the pain? What's going on? I got, I got to give this up at least until service is over just to kind of find, you know, for me, um, I mentioned in the podcast with Jody, when we made our list that I've struggled with alcohol. And I put it on the list. I had to put it on the list. I got to just give it up. I don't have the on and off switch that you had with other things. It was like your pill addiction was like what alcohol has been for me in my past, where I just can't, I can't just do it occasionally and have a good time and then shut it off. It's just one of those things that it's like you're chasing, like you said, chasing that, chasing that feeling, looking for that next feeling. And do you think that any of that chasing was because of the stress of your jobs and all that? Or do you think it was just more so just something you were doing along with the stress? Do you know what I mean? I mean, for me, I didn't need a reason, like a bad time. It didn't matter. It was just something. I, it was like a habitual thing. It was like it was just kind of like a habit. I just did it. You know what I, you know what I mean? So I didn't know if it was more of just like you were just got in the habit of doing it or was it the the weight of like man, we're kind of losing money on these jobs and I can just take another pill and kind of numb the pain a little bit, numb what's going on around me. Uh, maybe some of that, you know, I'm a, I'm a bricklayer, man. And all bricklayers are bent over <laughs> laying at blocks. And so, you know, yeah, something that eases your back pains is, uh, you know, that was a huge plus for me. Get out there and, and just before you know it, you just crazy trains off the wheels, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't realize, you know, it sneaks up on you. Um, so for me, we'd been going to church for a while. This was probably 2009. And one of our first big jobs we did was at Walgreens over in Metropolis. And it was coming around time for uh, the punch list. Uh, items to get checked off on Walgreens, which most time it's little washing here and there and different things. I mean, it's common on every job we do to have a punch list, every big job like that. They're... So I was going over to complete this punch list, and this is getting down closer in December. Matter of fact, it was coming up on my birthday, which is December the 11th. So it had to be two weeks prior to that. I was performing the punch list and through the summer, my stress had gotten so high um, to backpedal here just a little bit to bring perspective. Um, We had 
started another job, a huge job, and just found out that it was there were just some stuff happened on it and it was going south quick. And I would come home and tell Christy about these things that were happening. And I used to tell her, I was like, I can feel my nerves on the outside of my skin. Mm. I was so stressed out. And I come home one night specifically to tell her about something that had happened on this job. It was a school uh, remodel job we were doing. And uh, I was just sitting there telling her because I couldn't believe it. I just totally got raw hand handled handed to me on this job. And uh, I'm sitting there telling her this and that. And there's a tug on my shorts or on my pants. And I ignored it at first. And I'm sitting there telling her I'm kind of venting and freaking out, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. and tug on my pants again. And finally, about the second or third time, I just turn around. I'm just like, what? (laughs) And it's my son, Cole, Mm -hmm. you know, coming up like he always does. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I just wanted to hug dad. And I snapped on him so hard, man. He he started to tear up. And I turned back around. I look at Christy. And she's tearing up. And she's like, you need to see a doctor. And they were all right. I didn't fight her. So she's like, you've got to get some kind of help here. So mm-hmm. I make an appointment, go see a doctor. And this is about in the summer as we were going to church and in the middle, because we started coming to Faith Center probably around Easter. And uh, so sometime. You know, right in the middle there, I had went and seen a doctor and got on. I wasn't sleeping. They gave me something to go to sleep on. They gave me something to wake up on. They gave me something to get my nerves back on the inside of my skin. So yeah. I told the doctor my nerves were on the outside of my skin. And uh, and I also got a prescription to pain pills while I was in there. Mm-hmm. So now I wasn't having to buy them off the street until I ran out of those. And so fast forward back to the punch list. Here I am, and I've had all this, and it was a lot of the stuff I didn't like, the, you know, medicines and stuff they put me on, but I had, I carried them with me in my jacket or in my vehicle, whatever I was driving, uh, in case I needed, uh, one of them was like Xanax they gave me, and Ambien, and uh, I don't remember, there was maybe a couple more. Um, so I go do this punch list and all that had happened months before and I'm packing this medicine with me and I go and it's kind of cold outside and, uh, someone had pulled up to the job and there was, uh, that I was supposed to meet to go look at another job and I had some helpers with me. So I said, Hey, y'all finish this up. I'll be right back. I'm going to go look at this job. I go, I'm gone for like 30 minutes, get back over there. Then realized I had left my jacket that I had on because so I got hot while we were working and I'd set it down and had all my medicine in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I come back and it was gone. And so here I am. I'm, I'm like, like I, I went to the police station and turned it all in. I was scared somebody would, you know, get busted with my pill bottles mm-hmm. and whatever. So I just, I was like, oh crap, what do I do? You know, so I just told them. And uh, I call the doctor and they're like, you know, too bad. We've heard this story before. It was actually true. 
Yeah. But they're like tough know, luck. Yeah, tough luck. And so this is a week, two weeks before. Um, something like that for my birthday. And like I said, you know, I quit taking stuff before I went to church and that was all kind of happening through this same period. And, uh, I went home that weekend and, uh, this was a week before my birthday. As a matter of fact, now that I think about it, I hadn't thought about it in a while. Um, mm-hmm. so I go home and I tell Christy cause she knew I was taking all that medicine. She knew about what the doctor gave me. She didn't know about you know, those pain pills didn't make it all month. That was they right. were refilled and replenished right. several times throughout the month. I went home home and told her what happened and I was like, Look, I don't want to be on all that crap anyway. And so I was, I was like, I might be a little cranky this week. I'm I'm just mm-hmm. I'm gonna go cold turkey and put it all down. Yeah. She's like, Fair enough. <laughs> Oh, and man, oh man, was I in spur surprise that week, dude. I started detoxing. I mean, it was the worst flu. It was like death was coming out of me, man. Mm. Like how dependent I was on all that stuff. And I remember thinking in my head, you know, people say that you can, you can shake pills in three or four days or something like that mm. and it's just not true man <laughs> I mean, right. someone may be able to but i wasn't mm-hmm. and i went like monday tuesday wednesday thursday and friday's my birthday i was still sick still sweating still just i mean as as bad as i was the first day i started mm. in withdrawals and i was functioning i was going to work barely but, you know, cold sweats, I mean, the whole thing, it was horrible. And Friday come up, and that was my birthday. And uh, at work, they're all like, hey, boss, man, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. We want to take you out for your birthday. So we end up going down and going out for some beers. Mm-hmm. And before the night was up, I didn't have me another pocket full of I was I was tired of feeling bad. I didn't have me another pocket full of lower tab tens. You found the guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's an interesting way you put it. You said that death was coming out of you. Oh, it was. Because it's like, it's like you're getting rid of death. You know, that stuff is so deadly. You know, uh, withdrawals from Xanax specifically, I'm I'm pretty sure can like kill people if they don't do it right. If they're like, depending on like the dosage they're taking, mm-hmm. it's kind of like alcohol. If you're drinking way too much, like way, way too much, you can like die if you don't withdraw from it. Right. So you go on cold Turkey is, uh, that's probably why it was so tough on you for a good week is because you were probably very dependent on, on that stuff. Oh, for sure. So, so you end up with another pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I think I bought 30 or 40 pills, something like that. What, what the guy had and down a handful or two of them. Mm. And it just, you know, within a couple hours that gets back in your system. It's like, whew. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard place to be, man. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I got the prescription, you know, from the doctor, so I'd been just buying them from buddies on, you know, street work whatever mm-hmm. it's not hard to find if you're looking right um 
but I remember thinking when I got my prescriptions, I was like, oh, man, I'm legal now. I got a reason. Yeah. Almost just. And that don't help. <laughs> no. Right. That don't help. So here it is, my birthday. I come home and I'll, I, I had some beer and a handful of pills. And I was just like a sigh of relief come over me. You know, it's like my body started you know, not freaking out and cold sweat stopped and and I went to bed and I got up the next morning feeling just like that's when I knew that Saturday morning when I woke up, it was like, I ain't got no control over this. Mm -hmm. Like I'm addicted. I've heard of people being addicted, but I am like, I have zero, not a no kind of control over this. Like if I don't have it, I'm going into convulsions and yeah, this is a bad it's a deal. humbling experience to have that realization. It's you <clears throat> because for so long you want to ignore it and it is what it is, but that realization the next morning, it, it can be humbling. And yeah. And, and so Saturday happened. I was back on my normal schedule, you know, counting out how many I had to, you know, to make until, you know, next week or whatever. Mm -hmm. I ran into my one of my friends again or whatever. And uh, Saturday happened. And man, I just, it was an all time low for me, man. It really was. Um, I just felt like, I mean, it was, a, it was a low. It, it was the lowest that I, I think I ever been, um, as far as, you know, I'm sitting here trying to help my kids get my life better, mm -hmm. but there's nothing I could do, man. And I was powerless, you know, for the first, I told you I could turn partying on and turn it back off. Right. But for the first time I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And in church, you know, we was still on that schedule. I hadn't come clean, you know, with Christy at a, like I said, she didn't know about the ones I bought. She just knew about the ones that were prescribed to me. Right. And so we go to church, and I was still not taking any pills before I went to church. Mm -hmm. um, that was just my thing. I was just, like, exploring. I was just like, I feel like something's happening. Mm -hmm. Different things. So we go to church that morning. And, like, it's, uh, we're sitting in praise and worship at the beginning of service um that was back in the old days you know when we did praise and worship before the, uh, yeah we got preaching. back into it a little bit <laughs> we've gotten back into it it's almost like oh whoa it's taking me back yeah so we get in there and this was probably one of the first times that I heard the Lord speak to me and it was in my spirit. It wasn't like, I mean, it was right in the middle of praise and worship. It was just like a thought came to me, mm -hmm. but it wasn't my thought because the thought was walk by faith. Mm -hmm. And for me growing up, that was like the Hippocratical oath of church people. Mm -hmm. It was like the most disgusting thing that I could have ever said out of my mouth. <laughs> and so when the thought came, it wasn't my thought. Right. I had no idea what it meant as far as I was concerned. Like I said, it was a Hippocratic oath to me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just the way my mind was. And we go through service and it just kept, it was different. It just kept turning over in my mind the whole day. And I took my pills when we left church. Mm -hmm. 
that was my thing, you know. And uh, I probably took them before we got out of the building. I don't know. But I just shake them around in my pocket. <laughs> but, Man, when so, you're in the act of doing it and you're like knowing you shouldn't, there's something there where your brain is like, I know I've been through it before the circular, like, man, you got to stop. You got to stop. You got to stop. Even with a great service. And you're just like, you just kind of just do it anyways. And your brain and your heart is, it's like, what are you doing? And there's just that, that thing, that addiction that's, that's, uh, you know, all over you. It can, it can really just wear you down, but you got to keep on trying. You got to keep on fighting because sometimes it takes a couple, you know, not everyone can get clean the first try. Sometimes it takes a couple tries. And one thing I, I was fearful of was trying and failing. So I convinced myself if I don't try, I won't fail. So I was just convincing myself I could just continue to, to do it. Cause I was scared. I was scared of like relapsing and, and going into it harder or whatever excuses your brain makes up. I tell people, you know, if you want to know what it's like to die to your cross and, and die to yourself every day, just talk to a recovering alcoholic or recovering, you know, any any addiction, someone who's recovering from it, because you can't think week to week. You got to really hone in and think, think day to day. You got to go day by day by day. And it is walking by faith. There is a walk you have to do because it you can't think about two weeks from now if I'm sober. You got to think of I'm sober right now. I got to stay sober right now. And you got to keep you got to keep that mindset going. You know, and at least for me, that's what I've, I've had to do to keep myself away from alcohol is, is keep myself from a a day by day basis. Anytime I get the urge or the the want, I just got to keep on reminding myself of what I've been told, what I what I know is true inside of myself. It's not who I am. It's not my you 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 make it your identity without even realizing it. It's your identity. And like you said, one day you wake up and you're like, this thing's got a hold on me. And it's like you didn't even realize that you can't even live without it. And then it's like, whoa, here I am. So you you have them in your pocket. You're still shaking them in your pocket. Down the hatch. Down the hatch. Down the hatch. That's where they went. But I couldn't shake that thought. Like all day, it just I kept turning it around in my mind. I kept thinking about it, and it just it was it was just different that day, you know. Just like I could turn partying on and off, I could shut that thought down real quick. But mm. that day, I couldn't, mm. and I was like, it just kept coming back, and I would think about it, and you know, bedtime was coming for the kids, and that is it was just like that thing was just working on me man and and it was back then you know i'd graduated from having an office in my little mazda b2500 to having it on my kitchen table <laughs> and so it was oftentimes i might need to check something off or get something done you know when i would say hey you know put the kids to bed and say hey you know i'm gonna hit it another hour before i come in you know so we were built i was focused on well I thought I was building a business back then, but just trying to survive, you know, I was still in survival mode with, you know, on the other side. But so that time came and I was just like, Hey, um, I'm going to work on a few things. And, you know, we put the kids down and I told Chris, I was like, I'll be in there in a little bit. And it was, you see my living room downstairs. It ain't very big. It's also not very far from my bedroom. Mm -hmm. Like the wall in my living room is also the head wall in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. And so 
Christy goes on to bed. And uh, I remember we had these red couches that Christy's mother has given us. And that's what we had back then. And I remember just that thought. I just couldn't turn it down. I knew I didn't know what I was going to do. But I knew that I had to do it on my own. So I, I sent them on in. And and she went to bed. And after a few minutes, the, the thought, I just, I, I'm wrestling with this thought, walk by faith. And I finally, in, in my mind, and I said it out loud, I was like, it was like the first conversation that I had with Jesus. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know what walk by faith means. Hmm. I've been turning this over all day, but this is all I got. And I remember uh, I, I got the baggie that I had them in, and I went into my bathroom, and I dumped them in the toilet, every last one of them. And I flushed it. And I went back to the, the red couch and I was like, I don't know what else is walking by faith. And I said, if you're real, I said, if you're real and you're bigger than this, what I'm dealing with, I don't have anything else to give you. I said, if you're bigger, I, I give you the rest. Of, I'll serve you the rest of my days. And I just began into this uh, cry for him to save me. Mm. And I was bawling. Oh my gosh. It was just like, it was, it was just a real moment. It was just me. It was just me. And it was just the Lord. And, and he met me right there on that couch, man, right underneath where we're having this meeting. That's so awesome. And I cried out, man. And I bawled my eyes out and I gave my life to him. I asked him to forgive me and come into my heart. And the whole nine yards, I, I was, and I don't know how Christy never woke up because this wasn't a quiet thing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in here, but maybe someday she'll tell me she was quietly listening, you know, <laughs> on, on the other side of the door. But I got myself together after an hour or so, and I still didn't know what I just did, to be honest with you. Mm. And so I got to bed, slept, I get up the next morning. You got the kids out. Um, they were, Lane was probably in preschool and Cole was probably kindergarten or first grade, maybe back then. Mm -hmm. I'd have to redo the mask to figure that one out. But, oh. Um, but we got them off and I sit on the couch with her that morning before I left. This is Monday. Mm -hmm. And I just began to confess to her mm -hmm. about my pill problem, the stuff she didn't know about. And I didn't hold nothing from her. I laid it all out. I was like, look, this is not the way I've been picturing it to you. It's way worse. Mm. I told her about my birthday. I told her about the weekend. I told her about all the stuff before. And 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 then I told her, you know, that after she went to bed last night that I, I gave my life up. Like, mm. And I told her, I said, you remember last week? Because this is seven days from the first time I told her. I said, I'm about to go through withdrawals really bad mm. because I've been tanking these things all weekend. I had 30 and I think I threw away five or eight. Yeah. So in a few days, I'd already taken 20 some odd, whatever. Mm. Um, 
And I was bracing for it, man. And I just told her, I was like, I'm really, I'm just done. So whatever happens, whether I die or get back up, it's, it's going to hit me pretty hard this time. I knew it. And she was just kind of blown away, you know. I mean, I was as honest. I didn't hold nothing back. I just told her where I was. And so Monday comes and goes. So here comes Tuesday. I'm like, oh, man, it's going to hit me hard today. Here it comes. All right, maybe by lunch it's going to settle in. I'm surely I'll start diarrhea or something, you know, because all <laughs> that stuff happens, man. Oh, yeah. Withdrawal's horrible. Mm -hmm. The cold sweats. I was, I was like, here it comes. Well, it never come. I was expecting a bad night, you know, and that, that Wednesday morning, I woke up and still nothing. And awesome. man, it was like that whole desire was gone. It wasn't like it was. It was completely gone. Wow. And I remember waking up, this is cliche, but the third day, and I was just like, I've been delivered from this. Like, yeah, it's not even in me. I never had another withdrawal. I never, um, the desire was just complete. It was like it was just carved out of me that night. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. When you're willing to give it away, what God can do, he can immediately transform you from the inside out. That is so, that's such an awesome story to hear, you know, whenever you're at your lowest. And, you know, one thing I appreciate about that is that you, you knew you had to do it by yourself. And some people need a little bit of help. I'm not saying if you're out there and you need help, don't find it. But I also had to decide for myself because at some point, whether you have help or not to get off of whatever substance it is, you're going to be alone. <laughs> At some point, you're going to be alone and have to make that decision. No, I'm not going to. And it led to you softening your heart, opening your heart to him and him giving you complete deliverance. And that's an amazing story for anyone out there who's struggling to know that there's still an opportunity for them to to have the same exact deliverance that you had. Yeah, so that's how, you know, I, I, you know, the short snip of how I came to the Lord, man, he worked on me a little at a time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, from that day, I've, I can honestly say that as far as painkillers go, I've never struggled with them another day. Yeah, I mean, I've even had surgeries where they've been prescribed to me. And I mean, without going on into more stories and taking up too much time, I just, with his help, I could have slipped again, you know, but with his yeah. help, um, it's never been anything less than walking by faith when that, when that pops up or, you know, could be. A potential problem like when you have a surgery that could be a potential problem right now and uh, you know god's just been developing what it is to walk by faith in me ever since you know but i'm not perfect um in any way shape or form i, I bump and scrape my knees and and all that stuff but i can I can say that that desire, man, that that thirst I had for that has been gone since that day.
I mean, a hundred percent. Come on. Yeah. And not to say that also that, um, that's not important. That's good enough for now <laughs> as far as that goes. But that's right. kind of, you know, the story of how I came to know the Lord and, and where I was in my life. It's awesome. I really hope that people can hear that with an open heart and uh, hope, hopefully that helps someone. Did you see like a transformation with how like your relationship with God grew after that? I mean, obviously you had, you got the salvation moment. Did you see like a, you getting in your word more church, even becoming more real to you? Like as the seasons progressed, did you see like you taking leaps and bounds after that? Yeah. So it was all new to me. You know, and when Jesus becomes real, I mean, real, when he does a miracle in your life, when he saves you, man, and rescues you, all that stuff, like I said, the Hippocratic oath of church people, when that's real, Mm -hmm. it's different. It was the first time I felt God's love in my entire life. Wow. And that's what it was, man. I was, it was just his it was easy for him to do that. Yeah. And he loved me and he did it because in it. And for me, the thing that, you know, because religion just can be so ugly to people and they can shut off to it. So switch so fast. I can just switch off. You know, if you are trying to witness, but man, when God does that work in your life, it's undeniable. Absolutely. I lost friends. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I just, I was on fire, man. And it was, it was like the moment when everything that I've been hearing preached, you know, that prior nine months I've been attending and hear about, it was the moment it became real. Yeah. You know, all the things I thought I felt, it was the Lord working on me. You know, he was, he knows how to, he knows how to get you. He knows exactly the time and place. You did mention something there about church can kind of be judgmental and, and stuff. And I really feel like we go to a pretty awesome church where people are very understanding. We have like lifeline, uh, drug rehab, people coming into our church. And I feel like we try to make them feel welcome. And it's it's important that people can come and, and tell fellow Christians when they're struggling with something, because that's why I love doing this is because we can share a testimony and I don't expect anyone to be hateful about it. It's more like, Oh man, that was so good that they were able to share some of their hard times because no one can, you know, there there might be people who walk lives similar to ours that need exactly how you say it to, for it to bing, bing, bing in their head, like a light go off in their head. So instead of us being judgmental towards each other, we the, we start with the family of your fellow believers and, and love each other through times and and help each other when you're when you're struggling. Because if you can't be honest, you know, you being honest with your wife was probably a huge step for you, oh, yeah. because if you wouldn't have done that, it might have been easier for you to still kind of have that because. For me, it was, you know, I could never keep my drinking from Jody. I was terrible at lying, which I guess is a blessing because I shouldn't have been lying about it in the first place. But anytime I ever tried to say I wasn't, she would just find an empty or, you know, catch me 
slurring or you know I, I was just not i was not good at hiding it and thank god i, I wasn't because otherwise i might still not be delivered from it but you know to have that honesty in a relationship is huge whenever you've had shortcomings and to tell her the whole truth and nothing but the truth um and you know in that moment as a man you can kind of start to feel like unworthy and, and wonder what they're going to think of you but i'm sure it didn't it didn't face her one bit. I mean, I'm sure it was a shock, but I'm sure she loved you through it all. And it wasn't like, now she might have been like, now Danny, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was uh, a loving response, I'm sure, from, from Christine. Well, for, you know, the time we was in, finances already had mentioned several times were just, you know, they weren't. Yeah. And so... What's Honestly, that like? one of the one of the fears in my mind was that you know that she was going to leave me. Mm. You know, I wasn't doing a great job of providing. I wasn't being uh, the man that I needed to be to her, and she's probably you know the biggest example of Christ sticking with me. Mm. through all that yeah and i would say that i don't know how much longer she would have stayed with me you know as much as i wasn't telling her yeah um she wasn't stupid you know i don't right. know exactly what all she knew but for for me financially you know knowing how close we were to bankruptcy and i'd like that i was thinking about it every day you know i didn't know how we was going to climb out and it's hard to push those thoughts away whenever you're you're that close yeah, and you keep failing you keep having more jobs going bad that you're counting on doing good you know mm -hmm. and it's just it was it was a lot to take and so for me um i feel like one of the most immediate things uh, that God did was start restoring, you know, and strengthening mine and Christie's marriage for sure. And it got tested a lot over the next several years. And yeah. the other thing, you know, you said we should be able to go to, you know, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, you know, that was really God started putting people in my life mm -hmm. to mentor me and start putting my feet on the right path you know and give me a teaching about this and it wasn't a few a few months later you know we uh well that was december and january we got baptized in christy that was another big deal for me um, because of the way i was brought up and christy we both she got rebaptized. she got baptized at a really young age but we both got baptized and it wasn't long after that we got into we started meeting people, brothers and sisters at church, and uh, we got a few people. It wasn't a lot. Um, we started meeting some new people, but the people we were meeting were the right people to meet. It was people that, you know, I would talk, maybe open up a little bit to, and, and or maybe I didn't open up. We just got to talking, and they would just have what I needed to hear, mm. you know, and then I would open up a little bit. And then they'd be like, oh, well, you need, you know, here's this teaching from this guy. And then you need to listen to this and then you need to have this. And and I was just wide open, man. I was just, my thirst had switched from chasing pain pillar, 
pain pills to the word of God, you know, yeah, it completely changed. And we got into a life group. Because um, back then the church used to advertise it with videos. I remember. Yep. And we seen a video of Tim and Joan Hunter. And we had watched several of them, you know, in the weeks leading up to them, you know, their weeks. And we seen them were like, it was just kind of like walking in Faith Center for the first time. It was like, hmm, I would like to, you know, I think we could go to that one. Yeah. And do that for a baby Christian was just absolutely life-changing for me, uh, that life group. And we went to it <clears throat> for for over a year. And uh, you can't get around me very long before you hear me talk about Tim and Joan Hunter. They're just, we're really pivotal. This kind of ties into how you guys started to figure it out with your business, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, real quick. Shout out to life groups. If you're not in one, get in one because they're so crucial. They're so big. You know, mom, mom told me you guys are starting one and was like, Hey, you should, you should try it out. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm so glad we did because we got a lot out of it. We got a lot of amazing things out of it. It's good to spend time. And like you said, especially if you're a baby Christian too. I mean, that it, there's nothing better than being around like-minded people. And, but anyway, so you're going to Tim and Tim and Joan Hunter's life group. And didn't they give you some words about your business? Yeah. So it was in like the third job that we found out was going bad. Yeah. The third or fourth one. I can't remember. <laughs> and it's another Walgreens. More of a foul tip. You didn't strike out yet. Yeah. And <clears throat> long story short, I, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I had uh, bought some software program for masonry estimating Mm -hmm. and it was like the first big job i took off with it so i was going from all my hand scribble notes everywhere trying to figure how to put numbers together for a job to learning this program like a spreadsheet almost something yeah and man i'd entered labor wrong in there and it was just another kick in the gut yeah i did it Mm -hmm. but the difference this time is I was saved mm-hmm. and we had just been plugged into this group. So this wasn't long after I got saved. This other job's happening. It's in Carbondale. It's another Walgreens. <laughs> I'm probably dealing with some of my inexperience, you know, on different levels with some of these jobs. Some of, one of them, I just got handed a really, I got taken advantage of on a certain situation mm-hmm. that an architect had missed and he had, I'm not going to go down that road to beat anybody up because God made that right. Yeah, gotcha. Um, there's no need for me to beat anything up. Yeah, I get um, it. But it, it was, I was beat up financially. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody nose. But we're we're going to a life group, and we had been going for, I don't know, a few months. They were still, we were still getting to know each other in this group. <laughs> the day before, I'd, you know, I keep having these eureka moments where I come home and tell Christy we're losing everything again, you know, and I'm sure she's this time, you know, baby Christians were in the first life group. And like I said, God was putting people in our path. And so at Tim and Jones, we went on to life group where we just 
kind of had it all buttoned up nice and neat, you know, for life group. Mm-hmm. And we go in there and they taught whatever they taught on. I couldn't even tell you what they taught on that night. We had the normal life group that, that we had there. Uh, but at the end there, they would always have refreshments like cake or somebody would always bring a cake or a pie and coffee and mm-hmm. drinks and everybody would go congregate the kitchen for another 20 minutes mm-hmm. <clears throat> and just talk and finally everybody would just kind of drift out and go home you know so everybody's heading into the kitchen it's it's crazy once you train people it's just like a herd going in there <laughs> yeah if we were part of the herd but but christy broke right at the end like when they said amen and started heading towards the kitchen, I look over and she's coming apart. And I'm like looking there, like, oh, I'm trying to put her back together. Oh, no, don't come apart right here. Like, don't. Uh-huh. I couldn't keep her from coming apart. And then I came apart. Mm-hmm. And one by one, they started to look back from the kitchen. They started from the kitchen and they all start coming back in there. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can't even talk. We're We're in full. I don't even know what you call it. Desperation almost. Full crybaby mode at this. Yeah. Starting to weep. You know, I couldn't even tell them what was going on. And they prayed for us. And that was great. And, you know, most of the people went back to the kitchen after a few minutes of, you know, after the prayer was over and that. And it was us and Tim and Joan in there. And, uh, they're like, what's what's the deal? You know, we kind of told them where we were. And they're like, okay. So we go in there and socialize for a few more minutes. We're like, y'all, just wait after everybody leaves. Mm. And uh, I'm like, all right, cool. We will. So eventually everybody kind of drifted out. And uh, Joan walks off into her bedroom and Tim's sitting there i mean they're ready to full on like get with it yeah they done transformed into they're prayer warriors they're ready to rock and roll but joan comes back out of her room a few minutes later uh, with a sticky note and like some verses she had wrote down Hmm. and 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 it was the first time i ever heard this and i remember she looked at us and tim and they said, don't you know it's it's not God's will for you to fail? Hmm. And, and it just, I never heard that in my life. It challenged every thought I had. You know, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. That's how I was raised. All the people I was around, that was just the mindset, you know. Um, if it's God's will, you could you could never get ahead. Yeah, right. It's just life. And when she looked at me and said, "Don't you know that's not God's will for your life?" Mm-hmm. It wrecked me up. One, I was like, "What? What are you saying to us?" You know, because mm-hmm. yeah, I just had this miraculous thing happen. You know, six eight months ago, and got saved, and but this this was another. Totally different mountain you have in front of you now. No heartbeat. It was dead. Yeah. My hope as far as business went. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I'd already given it everything I had and I kept failing. 
And she started handing us scripture. She said, don't you, you need to go through these. You need to get the word of God in you mm. and know so you can get strong and know mm-hmm. um, what God's will for your life is because you can't move anywhere without that. And she started telling me about the blessing in Deuteronomy 28 and, oh, man, all these verses. And it was weird after that is when I would meet someone, another guy at church. Uh, uh, And we got to know each other and, and somehow it would come up in the conversation about you know, God wanting to prosper Mm. and we would just get to talking and he would hand me this CD set here, listen to that. And I I was at his shop. He had a shop where he made lamps and stuff. And I look over and he's like, he goes, yeah, that's what I do in here all day. I listen to, you know, preaching and building my lamps and all this stuff. And I was like, all right. I took that, gobbled it up, brought it back to him, got another one. Tim and Joan had got me, uh, on to some stuff, you know, uh, teachings and they were CDs and I would just, man, I would, I would set up on my couch. I remember they turned me on to Keith Moore. Oh yeah. My dad loves Keith Moore. And there's a teaching he did and I call it basic training. Mm. But it's called prosperity proven. Mm. And I'm, I still have the notes in my Bible. This is funny. Um, he's a great Bible teacher. Um, right here, you can see how raggedy this thing is. That's fall apart. But these are my my notes I took back then from from Keith Moore. You can see this thing's all falling apart. Oh wow! Prosperity proven. And I remember I set my alarm clock for two hours because Keith teaches for an eon. (laughs) And every one of those messages, it's like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, but I made sure that I had time because the first time I got up to listen, I didn't finish and I learned my lesson. Yeah. So I set up and I went through prosperity proven and and took notes and went all through my Bible. And it was just this thing just growing on the inside of me. And I was just, it was like going to boot camp because I went to boot camp. I was in the service. Really? In the National Guard and went to boot camp. But that got like a whole nother boot camp for me. And just the same thing that they said, don't you know, that's not God's will in your life. It was like, Mm. that was the first thing. And this was all the mechanisms, like learning how to clean your weapon, like they do in basic training or going through the tear gas and all that stuff you do in basic training. Right. It was like, that was it. That was, I said, I was a flat line as far as my hope went for that. Mm-hmm. My heart started beating again. I started getting some hope. Mm-hmm. We started learning the importance of tithing and sowing and reaping and and started just going all in, man, on, on God's principles in the word, man. And everything didn't change in a night. Right. Man, I'm talking a process over four or five, six years, you know? Yeah. Where, you know, I... It was just a process, man, and I'm thankful for it. But uh, my office used to be right here. This is the second place I graduated to as well. The plugs are on the wall there. Yeah. And I'd have my blueprint table right there looking out that way. And and I would, I would, uh, that was just another 
when I graduated from the kitchen table, I come up here and we would sit right here. Probably, honestly, Christy would sit right here. And I was right next to her and we'd be looking at her books. And next thing I know, we didn't even know what being in the black meant. Dude, our numbers were red. Yeah. And we would look at them numbers and Christy would break down. And this is about the same time we're we're learning faith principles and how to really trust God with your finances and walk by faith in that area. And it was a struggle for us, man. And there'd be one second we'd be looking at the books and she'd be crying. Then the next second I'd be down, you know, and having a, a rough week or a rough day and she'd be lifting me up. And we, you know, we began to sow and believe God for bills to be paid and, and man, just this room right here that we're in is, was just, part of our stomping grounds, you know. Um, but yeah, God totally through the process, you know, many years it it uh I wish I could say everything changed when I got saved, but your life is a process of learning to walk by faith. Yeah, you had mountains to overcome and you had tribulations to to get through because like the Bible tells us, it, it, it builds your character, it, build, it builds your perseverance. God had a specific plan for you to go through this stuff, to to get you to where you are now, to be so strong in your faith. I might have to check out that prosperity message because I like listening to Keith. Me, I've listened to him with my wife and stuff. And um, I think I mentioned this on one of my first podcasts that John told us that we're supposed to be receiving a season of prosperity. And he said, it's right here in front of you. Just you just gotta grab it. He was trying to give me a hundred dollar bill one Sunday morning, and and it's not like we needed a hundred dollar bill. Like like thank you for the blessing, but it was more of like the the principle of like God's gonna bless you. And the very next Sunday, a man and I'm blanking on his name came up and gave us another word on top of that word, and it was like it was like I was so confused because I was so struggling in that season of so many other things, not even to go into like. We're financially stable, but like we have plans and we have goals and, and we want a home. We want to, we want to, you know, grow. But for when, when God was giving me this word through John about prosperity, I was like, this is what you're worried about. I was like, I'm worried about so many other personal things. Like I'm just feeling so unworthy. And God's like, dude, I got a plan for you. Like I got a plan for you. So then I'm confused. It's like, God, what are you talking about? What's your plan? And then another man came and gave me another word on this prosperity and, and he kind of helped plug in some of the gaps that I was missing in my head. And I stopped stressing so much about what John had saw, said. And I, I just really took in what he said. And it, it was like God was moving and God is still moving. So to hear your story and to know how hard it was for you guys to climb out of that hole and to be successful is, is truly amazing. So it's an inspiration to me for sure. Um, I think we should wrap it up. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, it's a good. Maybe you'll come back one time. Uh, uh, okay, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll give you some plenty of time off. But I, I'm hoping if you're out there and you're listening and and you know me, come out. I'm giving you a shout out. Uh, if you're waiting to be called to come on, this is this is it. I'm calling you out. The thing is, if four or five of you come up to me, I'm gonna do like first come first serve. So. If you come up to me fourth, you won't even be on the podcast for like a month because I'm doing like once a week. So think about it that way. Um, please come on, share your story. Danny, Danny, thank you for, is your name Daniel? And you go by Danny? It is. 
Yeah, I, I'm Daniel as well. And uh, people always just call me Dan. It just sticks. It's like I had no choice in the matter, but people just started calling me Dan. And anyways, I was just curious. So if you're listening and you like what you hear, uh, like, subscribe, share with a friend. And some of y'all get on here with me. Thank you.